This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Self-love is what Stephanie Grace's work is all about. Ways to learn to love yourself and to have more compassion and acceptance for yourself. The reason it feels so hard to love ourselves is because of our ego. We have been conditioned to think and believe in a certain way. A majority of the time, this is negative thinking or judgments against ourselves. As we begin to be more loving, it can feel inauthentic, and our ego will likely argue with us and ramp up the negativity. We are truly reprogramming our minds to be more loving, and this takes awareness, time, and practice. Please be patient with yourself. Valeria Tellez interviews Stephanie Grace, the author of Creating Real Happiness A to Z, a mindful guide to discovering, loving, and accepting your true self. Stephanie Grace is also a motivational speaker, therapist, and mindfulness expert. She has used self-exploration and mindfulness to overcome many adversities, including addiction and remnants of a traumatic upbringing to live a more vital, inspired, and fulfilling life. Through her personal inner work and with hundreds of her clients, Stephanie knows that everyone can experience the freedom of living life as their true self, free from judgment and past conditioning to feel joy and happiness every day. She has made it her life's mission to create helpful, accessible, and easily applied tools to make wholehearted living possible for all people everywhere. Stephanie Grace is a state-licensed and board-certified professional counselor and mindful coach with 21 years of experience counseling and coaching individuals and couples using her unique blend of psychology and spirituality. She received her BA in psychology and MA in counseling psychology from Humboldt State University. She has a successful private practice in Portland, Oregon, where she lives with her daughter, Olivia, her dog, Lulu, and her cats, Bertie and Gus. Meet Stephanie at stephaniegrace.com. Here's the interview with Stephanie Grace. In your own words, who is Stephanie Grace? Ah, well... I feel that I am a a person who is really here to heal and help others to become their highest best self. And um, I believe that I am a divine being and know, you know, know my my truth in that way. And and because of that, you know, that allows me to be able to help others know this truth about themselves. And so that's really, I think, 
at my core what I who I see myself as. A follow-up question I have for you is how did you discover that, Stephanie? Yeah, well, through a, a, a lot of soul searching, you know, I come from a, a pretty traumatic background, which I, I believe is a gift because it it required me to have a lot of healing to do. And in my you know, quest to heal and and know that I was lovable, I, what I came to find was my truth that, you know, I am love, I am divine. And all of the conditioning that I got from my family and the world wasn't my truth. And how how I came to know that I am divine and my truth was by uncovering that conditioning and getting to know myself again. And meditation is very helpful with that. And, you know, just voraciously reading so much, so many amazing books and things like that. (laughs) How incredible. You know, you make me think about something that I have mentioned here before. And I think I often mentioned that healing and spirituality, they are connected, very much connected. That's incredible. And probably authenticity too, right? Do you make this connection, Stephanie? Healing, authenticity, and spirituality? Yes. I I think that I believe it's the only way. I believe this is, you know, in terms of how I work with people, I believe this is the only way to truly heal. I, I believe we are all divine. And in order for people to heal, they have to basically come back to that truth of who they really are who their true self is. And that is very spiritual, right? And, and the conditioning that we got, that they get, isn't their truth. And so that's, I do believe that healing and spirituality are are very much connected. That's how we heal. Right. I believe. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> if it is a belief system, yeah, I believe in the same thing. <laughs> if it is, I don't think it is. <laughs> so in order to heal, we need to go deeper to find out who we are, the source of what we are really, that is divine. I wonder why some of us become open to this truth and some of us won't. That will never happen. They will lose the body without getting to know the truth of who they are. So I often wonder why this happens. Yeah, I I often contemplate this as well. And, you know, some ideas that I have. One first is that people's conditioning, you know, and so conditioning, just in case people don't understand what that means is, you know, the messages we get from the outside world. So when we're born, we're born perfect, knowing we're lovable and worthy. But then, you know, as you start to have interactions with your family and the outside world, we start to get messages about, you know, what needs are okay or not okay, and, and, and how we are most accepted in the world. And so that develops our ego, this conditioning, and it, it, we develop it in order to keep ourselves safe. Uh, but what happens is that people begin to believe this is their reality. And often our conditioning, our ego isn't very kind. You know, the ways that it keeps us safe or in line is by being pretty negative and mean. And so what happens, I think sometimes that conditioning can be so profound and so deep in people's minds that it's really hard for them to to get a, away from it. And so they stay trapped in that those that reality, those beliefs. 
you know. Um, the other book thing idea I have is that maybe sometimes I I don't know that maybe maybe people who don't get it maybe their soul is really new. Like maybe mm-hmm. they're they're yeah, a, a very young soul. You know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did hear that before about um yeah, they called them there's a name, right, that they call the young souls, baby souls. You believe in life continuation or mind continuation, right, Stephanie? As if yeah, in soul that we come back here many times, reincarnation and all that. Yeah, I believe that uh yeah, we that sort of you know, there obviously our human body dies, but I believe our soul does not. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times I wonder if, um, or maybe a wish, <laughs> that the conditionings, the ego part of it, the false self, would die with the body. But some say that doesn't. It just moves oh. on to another body. But we don't know for sure, right, Stephanie? It's almost like um, trust kind of a thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought of that before. I guess what I have always thought is that, yeah, the ego is part of the human body in a sense. It's like the the condition we get from this this world. I, I sort of thought, you know, when you leave your body, you are just your divine self. And then when you re-enter a new body, you 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 um you know get new conditioning from that lifetime. How do you describe what happiness is and what is the difference between happiness and joy? So what I like to define define happiness as is freedom from the conditioned mind. Because when we are in touch with our true self, with the divine, we can we it's nothing but love. So when we're in nothing but love, you know, we're we're free from the negative conditioning and ego, it it's it's impossible not to feel happy. You know, so that's what I believe is is happiness. The difference between happiness and joy, I think that it is like maybe a little more big in terms of, you know, how you you might feel more in your heart, you know, just like your heart maybe feels more full. Happiness is maybe more like contentment, you know, contentment just like you're you're at peace, you're satisfied. And I think joy is like you know, oh, your heart is so full and you just feel, it's like more exaggerated. That's Mm -hmm. what I would think. Another question is about the idea of balance. How do you understand balance? Do we get to be balanced or balance is a constant journey experience of duality, of the opposites, good and bad? We never really reach that destination of balance. I believe in balance. I like to call it the middle way, you know, and I I talk a lot about this with my clients because what I often find is that what I I like to describe as people get caught in the pendulum. And what that means is that like in our society, especially people tend to be more toward the end of overdoing it. So people feel often like, oh, you know, if I do something, it has to be at this level. Like if I'm going to go for a run, it has to be five miles. It can't be, it wouldn't be good enough if I just did a mile. So if I'm not going to do five, I might as well not do anything. I feel like I often encounter this. And then what happens when you're in these extreme places, then the pendulum swings you all the way back to the other end, where if you're overdoing it, then you come to underdoing it. And then what happens when people underdo it, they feel guilt, shame. And so then they go right back to overdoing it to make up for underdoing it. Oh my God, and, so true. <laughs> yeah. And so what I teach people in order to find your middle 
the reason why people often don't come to the middle is because when you're too used to overdoing it, you feel like the middle is too easy, but it's okay for things to be easy. It's like conditioning yourself that, you know, a, a run around the block is, is better than nothing. It doesn't have to be four miles. And so you have to begin to practice that you know, feeling that choosing the middle way, like helping yourself to feel comfortable there that, you know, it's okay if things feel easy. It's okay if you, if you do just a little, it's like retraining yourself that. I love the way you say that it's okay to be easy. We deserve that to navigate this reality at ease and not distressed. Yeah. I, I mean, what that makes me think about is that it's like, I, I think when we think about how we want to treat ourselves, you know, when we're talking about this middle way, it's like this quote that I like to say is like, what would it be like to be me without judgment? And what that means is like, I can just be here on this earth as a human and be making choices. And sometimes they're, they're good. And sometimes they're, they're not so good, but I can go out here and be having these experiences without it being right or wrong or good or bad. So then it's like, we are just showing up for ourselves as like, you know, supporting ourselves and loving ourselves as we're experimenting and exploring this life. And, and the only thing that makes it, you know, us feel like it's good or bad or right or wrong, or we're not doing it good enough or whatever is our own mind. We're the only ones who are making it like, you know, judging ourselves and making this experience like not okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> In a way, it's such a paradox because when I think about the non-judgmental state of being, it's just incredibly beautiful. I mean, that's the place to be. But then when I think about, for example, what's happening in the world now that we have this war between Russia and Ukraine, mm -hmm. it's a challenge not to find something wrong with it, right? Yeah. I mean, well, here's the thing. I mean, no matter what, as long as we're here on earth, we're, there are going to be difficulties that we face in our world. There's going to be difficulties that we face in our own life, right? And I, I think, yes, there's a lot of pain and a lot of bad things, but there's two things that I think about this. You know, one, first of all, is that we can't suffer enough to change somebody else's suffering. So if we join someone in their suffering, all we do is cause more suffering. So what we can do is like the reverse though, if we bring our light, this actually can help people to, you know, lift up. And so we can, we can think about by us working on ourselves and healing ourselves and bringing more light into the world. I mean, this is one way to, to be helping and, and lifting the, the world up. Right. So that, that is a, you know, one way that I, I, I really like to think about that. And now I've lost yeah. the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it went out of my mind. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So we keep whatever we know to be true. We just become true to it, even more, more present to that truth. We don't have to merge with what is, it doesn't belong to us in a way. It's not ours to carry. That makes sense because we do that a lot, especially as women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you put your head in the sand, right? I mean, there's a difference, but it's also we we don't have to be suffering because the, the world is is suffering. And the other thing I, I remember what I was going to say is, is the positive is that it helps us to 
a couple of things. It's like focus on what's in our control because this is out of our control, right? So we can ask ourselves, what what can we do? What is in our control? And sometimes it is only like our own self-care or or seeing, you know, when things are very stressful in, in our world as they have been, We are. it's like we're being squeezed. And when we're squeezed, we get to see, you know, where we need more support or where we need better self-care. And so that's that's the opportunity for us to learn, you know, what we need to in order to cope better. And I think it also helps us to learn acceptance, right? Because in, in a, we're always struggling with things that we don't like or things don't go our way. And so it's like we really teaching ourselves acceptance of, of what is. So you wrote the book, Creating Real Happiness, A to Z, a mindful guide to discovering, loving, and accepting your true self. So my first opening question about your book is, what was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book? Yeah, well, as I described in the beginning, I really feel my mission is to help and heal people and to help people come to know their their truth and and to find love their you know their ultimate truth is love and and to be happy and so i've been working one on one for many years for um 22 years now wow yeah. <laughs> <laughs> time goes by but i decided i really felt this strong desire to reach more people i i felt like i really want to get my message out to as many people as possible and and the reason i wrote the book the way that i did as you noticed from reading it it's very small and approachable and it's you know just very sort of bite-sized pieces because what i know from from working with my clients is that people get so easily overwhelmed and what happens when people get overwhelmed is that they shut down or they they just they they don't do it they give up and so we need to feel like things are very easy the steps that we can take to healing have to feel very easy and doable for us. And that keeps us motivated and going. And so I, I wanted to reach more people and I wanted people to actually be able to read it and, and, and actually be able to maybe utilize what, what I have to share with them. So I have too many notes here that I made. I'll go through some of them. But before that, I want to mention something that I found interesting in your book. You say, I endured a difficult childhood, but I wouldn't change any of it. I believe that as humans, we learn best through contrast. That's really powerful to um, kind of reflect upon this contrast, which means duality, right, Stephanie? Mm -hmm. We were talking before, right and wrong, good and bad and all that. The message to me is that this is the realm of learning how to love, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that with, you know, we just can understand and appreciate love so much more when we're coming from a place of of lack it's you know i i always say to to people who've suffered profoundly in their lives and and it may not feel this way to them but i say you know it i really notice that in a way the gift of it is is that you get to feel i think so much more deeply and appreciate so much more deeply people who who haven't you know, had the lack, don't quite understand what, um, you know, 
what they have in a way, you know, because they they didn't they weren't lacking. I, I like to think of it like this: imagine that you know you you have this beautiful soundtrack with this most beautiful music, you know, then and you always just have it. Then it's like you know, if you if somebody else came to the world, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this music is so amazing. But if you're just always having it, you don't you don't know that it's beautiful and amazing because you're like, oh, this is just my soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's no ap- appreciation. I agree. I agree. And that makes me think about another idea that we talk here on the podcast about suffering. So in order to learn lessons of love, profound lessons, we have to go through all these challenges. And But not always, right, Stephanie? Because some of us, I have met people who have not suffered and they are just beautiful people and they deeply love, but they have not gone through a lot of challenges. So would you say that that is something that came with their souls, that they are old souls or something? Is that the concept that we uh, must believe in a way? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I would probably b- believe, you know, if if people are truly like enlightened and and know the truth of who they are and can give in the world, you know, with true true love. I think that you we have to learn it somewhere, you know. So my guess would be, yeah, that that maybe they are wise old souls and they've done their lessons and maybe they're just having a trip here to be like, all right, I'm the like <laughs> just get to enjoy, yeah. <laughs> not go through lessons mm-hmm. this time. That well, that would be such a gift, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I agree. What a beautiful thing to do, just to come here and just enjoy this, right, without any. Any of these harsh lessons. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Some say it's a mystery. Some say it's just a journey, an adventure. I just love everything about it. Me too. <laughs> right? I love the way you said it. You wouldn't change anything about the past, right? I think I would change. If I was a soul again or something, then I had to choose. I had the chance to choose my next life. Why would I choose so much suffering? <laughs> yes, <laughs> certainly in my next life, if I got to choose, I probably would choose some. I wouldn't choose the exact. You know, maybe I could choose something different. But in terms of, you know, my, I, I feel what I just feel so grateful. You know that where I am, and I guess the reason why I said I wouldn't change it is because I feel like my path that that's what led me to where I am in this life. You know, and so I feel. I just feel grateful that, you know, for everything that I've, I've learned and where I am now. And I don't know I, I get, if I would be able to be at this level of, you know, how I've learned my truth and have learned contentment and, and love if I hadn't had, you know, the experiences that I, I did. I don't know. You actually say that in a beautiful way too, in your book under mirror work, Number five, you say, life loves me. That caught my attention immediately when I saw yeah. that. You have a little star <laughs> close to it. And I didn't read, actually, the reason why you put the star there. But that really caught my attention immediately because I believe that life is very supportive of itself and it's always trying, uh, doing what it can do to open up that window so we can see that we are loved by it. I truly trust that. You know, the reason why I, I did Life Loves Me is just, yeah, just to sort of encompass like whatever people, you know, want to say and like 
the universe, God, you know, it's like everybody has their own like way of saying that that resonates for them. And I, I think life sort of en- encompasses like everything for, for, you know, for, for people. And in terms of mirror work, gosh, I think it's one of the most powerful things. If you are working, wanting to work on self-love, I would say that mirror work is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do. It's certainly the quickest in terms of like healing your heart and, and beginning to love yourself. Because if you decide to look at yourself in the mirror and start really truly looking into your eyes so you can feel it in your heart and telling yourself that you love yourself, that you're, you're worthy, you get it. You start to get it because you're looking at yourself, you know, and you, you really see into your heart, into your soul, and, and you begin to believe that it's true. So it's, it's just amazing. And it, it really is effective. If somebody's, I, I make this bet with my clients all the time. I say, okay, if you, I promise you that if you do this every day uh, for, for two months, you, you will see a difference. And so, but you have to do it every day and then come back and tell me that it doesn't work. And, and nobody can, nobody has ever once told me who, who does it every single day that it's not effective. I can see just by reading it one time without even doing it, I can see how powerful it is. The heart opens immediately. You know, my mother-in-law, she needs it. <laughs> she lives with me now, and I have been asking her about self-love. I've been talking about it. She said, I don't love myself. She says that many times. She keeps saying the same thing. So I think I'll give this to her. It'll yeah. Be a challenge. <laughs> She's 87 <laughs> <Please> years <do>. <laughs> old. <laughs> that would be lovely if, if you could give her that gift of if and if she would be willing to do it, I promise you she will she will shift. And I mean, just saying to yourself, saying out loud that I don't love myself, how how that feels horrible to your heart. We can stay with somebody's pain, but we don't have to kind of take the pain, right? As if it is ours. There's a lot of times I do that. Mm. That's something that happens yeah. to me. I'm doing some work on that. It's not easy to mm-hmm. have people in pain around me and not feel that pain deeply as if it was mine. So yeah. I'll give this to her. That's a good idea. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also think it would be interesting. You probably have asked her, but I I wonder why she she feels that she doesn't love herself. You know, maybe you want to just ask her if you haven't. She says, actually, because she now has grown older, she's 87, and she doesn't like her body anyway, anymore. The way Aww. it looks, she doesn't look pretty anymore. She used to be. And then now mm. she looks at herself in the mirror. She sees this old lady that is just little by little dying, and she doesn't like anything about it. Aww. So that's kind of yeah. interesting, right? How the mind works. How can we come to feel that way at that age? Yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, interesting what's happening is she's focusing on everything that, that isn't working and just remembering that our mind creates our, our reality, right? So if we're focusing on what isn't working or what we don't like, that's what, what, what we see that's then we're surrounded with that. And so what, what she wants to do is to begin to focus on what is working. The other thing that I would recommend for her is like gratitude practice. That's the other potent thing, right, for for developing self-love is because if we're focusing on what's working, if we're focusing on, you know, what we want our lives to be, be like or what we want to create, then, you know, then this feels much better for us to be focusing on what's working and what feels good. And then that just begins to shift what we see and how we feel. 
Thank you, Stephanie. I will buy her a gratitude journal because I mean I have interviewed so many of my guests too, and that they have written those books. <laughs> I'll just order one of them today, and then I will print the mirror work, the your phrases exactly, and then I'll I'll give it to her as a gift. <laughs> Both, and see yeah. if she would do that. She might. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And maybe even together, you could make a list of the things that that she does that are working about her body because maybe her body's old, but also wise and her body's still, still moving for her at 87. That's a gift right there. Yeah. We exercise <laughs> together. Yeah, I know. That's a very, very good suggestion. And it's enlightening to me to hear because my case, I do a lot of things around her. I'm always fun and we do a lot of fun things, but I can't help it but feel the pain, <laughs> her pain. Yeah. And that sometimes stops me from even helping people further. So I'm working on yeah. that myself too. Well, the other thing for you to think about in terms of when you go to spend time, and this is kind of, it might sound kind of silly, but what I, I do is that our energy does, it. you know, we, we are really susceptible to other people's energy. And so when people are have bad energy or we we feel their pain what what i like to do is prepare myself for that and i sort of imagine like my <laughs> yeah. like sort of like my soul or my protection coming out of my belly button and then i just like create this like lovely shield and i imagine myself like just protecting my body and then i actually say when you know to myself in my mind like okay I'm, i am now protecting my energy from this this person and sometimes i'll be talking to someone and i'll start to feel their energy and i'll just keep imagining myself putting the shield around myself the entire time that i'm talking just to kind of protect myself from other people's energy from not allowing it to come into my body i'll try that the visualizations and yeah thank you but i doubt that i will actually do it just because it seems like it's a commitment, a soul commitment to just be open to life in that Yeah. Closet. Well, yeah. The other thing you could do is like at the end of the day, when you're taking your shower or something, you just imagine like any negative energy that you got just rushing out of your body, you know? Yeah. Right. And I have been doing this. I have in the house, throughout the house, I have um, essential oils. I have sage. I have lots of... Um, Epsom salt, and I do a lot of these things mm. around the house because, yeah, this, my Reiki teacher, she asked me to do that. <laughs> so it's kind of, um, what a fun ride it, this is. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being open to, to helping others the way you are. It's, it's truly beautiful, as I have been saying. Oh, thank you. It's just a gift to get to, to do it. It's my passion. So yeah, thank you. I love it. So your book, like I said before, there are so many beautiful themes that they are inspiring in itself. Just by looking at the words, my heart opens. Oh, it's already open. It's just kind of savoring these things. But acceptance, that's a big one. It's the first practice that you have in your book. And it has been, mm -hmm. from my experience, a big one. That's how everything, my healing work started, actually. Accepting everything that had happened in my life or in this life. So talk to me for a moment about acceptance and the difference between accepting something and giving up. Because some people, they think, as you know, in extremes. What is acceptance from your perspective and how do we learn to find a balance in that give up? Yeah, acceptance is, you know, about learning to be okay with what is, you know, because often we have expectations how we want things to go. And, and in this world, I find, you know, 
very often it it doesn't go the way we expect. So it doesn't mean that we can't have goals or that we can't want things, uh, you know, to be a certain way, but our attachment to that is what gets us in trouble. But, and so it's like acceptance is about when it doesn't go our way, learning to sit with the the discomfort or, you know, of, of that and, and, and just being, being able to, to tolerate that and be with that. And that it's a hard piece to learn that we can tolerate uncomfortable feelings or we can learn to tolerate when things don't go as, as we want. And so the difference between giving, I think giving up and um, learning acceptance is that I think when you give up, you're sort of shutting yourself off. And I think that acceptance is keeping yourself open and then learning to just sit with um, the, the feelings of what it feels like when things don't go our way. And it can be as simple as like hitting a red light when you're in a hurry or getting a flat tire, like I mentioned in Creating Real Happiness. And it, or it can be big things like a relationship ending or a, a pet dying, you know, and yeah. Another theme or practice is forgiveness. Acceptance and forgiveness, how do you um, contrast them? Let's see, well, forgiveness is about letting go right so it's like you know when we are not forgiving somebody or ourselves we're holding that in in our body and what i like to think to tell people and think is that forgiveness is an act of self-love regardless if you're forgiving another person or yourself because holding that negativity of of lack of forgiveness or resentment in your body is so toxic for your body and it's a block to love. And so if you can work on r releasing that from your body, this this is a gift to you because you don't have to carry that around anymore. And, and it is an act of self-love to free yourself up in, in that way. I talked to somebody recently and he talked about unconditioned presence and made me cry. I was crying for a while Aww. here because it's so powerful, isn't it, Stephanie, that unconditioned presence of love. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't even have words to uh, describe what that is, but it just took over me. It was so powerful even to hear those words. I mean, it's amazing how I see things in the sense of uh, everything becomes lighter when I am in contact with truth. It's mm. incredible. So thank you for being that light as well. There are so many of us trying to make this world a better place. So it's just incredibly beautiful to share these moments with all of you. Oh, it's such a gift. I I just like so it's just such a gift to get to talk to people such as yourself, you know, and we get to have these just important discussions and we get to be sharing it with other people listening. You know, it's it's yeah. just such a gift. To, it, and it does open our heart, doesn't it? I mean, my heart feels so open right now getting to talk yeah. about this stuff with you. A lot of times I wonder why, I mean, the why never works. Why, why, why? <laughs> But this world that we live in, this reality has not shifted yet because there's so many of us doing this beautiful work of healing and spirituality and unconditional love, but it has never happened before, right, Stephanie, on earth? Oh, where like everybody comes to this, you mean? Like where yeah. our whole world could be like this? Yeah, oh, yeah. A miracle would be amazing, wouldn't it? To be in yeah. a world like that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I wonder if it will happen one day. Is that something, do you have any visions for that? Do you, can you see that? 
I th- I think it's definitely possible for sure. And I think that those of us who are working on in, in enlightenment and and healing and helping others that that's a that's what we're doing right when we're doing it one step at a time mm-hmm. one person at a time we're all yeah. but the thing is is that we're all we're all connected we're all one so it's like we all ready all are divine and connected it's just a matter of people remembering that or or unlearning the conditioning you know so we can come together but that's like the more the more each of us does our own work then it's like then we're helping other people to be able to to heal so that it's can mm. all happen collectively mm. you know that's true because everything is connected not separated mm-hmm. so we're almost at the end and i do have lots of other comments about your book and the ending questions way too many but i would love to mention of course openness i love that practice in your book talk about mm-hmm. love that love can never hurt us that is uh, so true love doesn't hurt we have heard that before and how amazing that is that sometimes we forget that basic fundamental truth. And then the practice is so beautiful too. You say throughout the day, practice being aware of whether you are open or closed to love. That's a beautiful practice. Thank you. And then I love when you mentioned about namaste. You say, I love this word and its meaning. The light in me bows mm. to the light in you. Yeah. That kind of made me smile when I read this. And I was like, wow, so true. In the presence of anyone, any human being, I tend to do that automatically. So true. We all have so much light. I mean, we are light. That's what we are. But we have forgotten that. Some of us, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But we can, we help to remind each other when we, you know, (laughs) we we can help to remind each other that. And that's why it feels so good when someone reminds us, you know, because we know the truth. And when someone reminds us, we're like, oh, yeah, that's my truth. The one thing that I'm trying to work on myself is the sadness. I tend to get to be sad. You see, it might be that habit or whatever it is that I'm kind of absorbing the pain of others. So I feel sad when I see people who are not really they're not in touch with that truth yet. Not yet in touch with that truth. But as you said, everything's connected. So there's just one mind, one soul, one God so there's nothing to worry about or to cry for. But sadness is something that is, um, it's not a, a feeling that I try to push away either. There's something Good. about sadness that's really, uh, makes me love deeper. That's what it is, Stephanie. Yeah. And I mean, I think any emotion that you have is is okay. And I think it's just a matter of us being, like you say, will, open to it and being willing to sit with it. So when you have sadness, you know, just... Just be, just sit with it until, until it dissipates and just be with it. And I love peace too, where you connect meditation to peace and the practices of yeah. meditation. You have um, instructions on how to meditate mm-hmm. in your book. And you mentioned earlier how important it is. It's almost the foundation, right, Stephanie, for all the yeah. other practices. I mean, your book has so many beautiful themes that, like I said before, I would talk about them forever. (laughs) So I better stop (laughs) here for a minute uh, and ask you my ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else or read a passage in your book? Let's see. Uh, I'm not not sure. I I think the biggest thing, yeah, is just um, I, I think that creating real happiness a to z you know can is is just an amazing little guide for people to keep by their bedside that they can you know utilize to begin to get to to know their 
true true selves, right? Because you know, lots of people may not even um, know that there's a difference, and so you know that that's the first step toward starting to know y- yourself and to be to become really truly happy is to know your 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 truth. And so, if if you're questioning that at all, if you're believing that the conditioning in your mind, those voices are your truth then this will be good for you to begin to learn. So my last questions are, what is another word for life? Oh, let's see. What's another word for life? I guess experience. I like to think of life as, you know, it's, it's experience. It's an opportunity to, to learn. That's what I like to think what do you love most about being in the human body or being the human body? Oh gosh, I'm just so <laughs> grateful that I get this opportunity. It's just, oh, it's just such a gift, isn't it? Oh it man, I love everything about being in a human body. I'm so grateful. And I have a body that is so able and allows me to do all kinds of amazing things. So I love being able to you know, I'm such a person that loves adventuring and exploring, but I mean, my eyes, I mean, so much beauty. I, I sometimes I, I almost feel the same kind of pain that you feel from negative emotions because things are so beautiful to me that I sometimes feel like the, the pain of it being too beautiful sometimes, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, I love that so much that I feel it's almost painful, but I'm, And I'm also, a, you know, just a voracious seeker in that, like, gosh, I just love learning and I just love deepening my understanding of, you know, life and why we're here and pe- people. I love people, too, even difficult people. I just I'm fascinated by humans. You know, they're just fascinating. <laughs> so I, I just really love the gift of being here. I am grateful every day that I get to have this experience here on earth as a human in this body. Ah, that's amazing to hear. And that's what we wish for everyone, right, Stephanie, to see themselves in life exactly this way. That is another prayer or wish <laughs> of mm. mine. Your words are my words, and that's the wish. And my last yeah. question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die, besides seeing the amazement and the beauty of life? Yeah, I guess the three things that I w- would want people to experience, I I want would want people to know their truth, that even if it's just a glimpse of people being able to know their truth is nothing but love, that nothing they've ever done or anything their mind tells them is could ever take that away. So just a taste of that absolute love. And then I think the the next would be to feel loved, like that to actually feel that from uh, other beings or the divine, like how, you know, to feel that, that level of love from another being to be able to feel, to be able to feel that. And then I, I guess the other thing I, I would want would be for people to have peace, to just feel that what it feels like to have that contentment in their their body to just feel at peace regardless of of what's happening externally to be able to experience that peace. Thank you so much Stephanie for your presence in our reality, your contribution to more love or to other people seeing the love you see and for the work you do and everything else in between. Thank you so much for being you. 
Oh, th thank you. And you're welcome. And I'm just so grateful to be here. And thank you for the work that you're doing and for helping people like me be able to share my passion and, and work with, with other people by interviewing me. And, and, and hopefully, you know, other people listening will get to hear my message and be inspired in some way. Thank you for the um, appreciation for that. And I usually say that the body appreciates because the only part that complains is the body and nothing else. <laughs> what are you doing here instead of being on the tree? <laughs> uh, that's the only thing. But I do have a, one more question for you, Stephanie, the, the, a technical one. Uh, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Ah, yeah, thank you. So um, I have a website that is just my name and um, Stephanie does not have an E at the end. So it's just www.stephaniegrace.com. And then you can find my my Instagram by searching for Stephanie Grace as, as well. And so those are my two main places where I'm, I'm, I'm very active. So you can go on there. And right now I'm actually getting ready to offer a course that starts in June and you can find, you'll be able to find that information on on my website, but it is um, going to be about feeling is healing and then exploration of the chakra. So teaching people how to feel their feelings so that they can remove these blocks so they have more room for love and then learning about the, the chakra. So I'm super excited about this course coming up. Oh, wonderful. I'll have the link, your website link on your podcast profile as well. Thank you so much again, Stephanie, and we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Stephanie Grace and her work, please visit stephaniegrace.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.